ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 105th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, in a few minutes, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, today we have the honor of broadcasting live from Philadelphia, where I'm down here attending the United States Golf Open at fabled Marion Country Club. And got in yesterday and made it over to the course late afternoon. Uh, rainy drive down here from Boston and uh, a lot of rain in the area once I got here. But uh, but it did let up, so I was able to get out on the course, catch some holes, uh, and it was just spectacular, to say the least. It was a crazy day yesterday with a couple of rain delays uh, where they halted play. But by the time I got here, uh, even though there was a rain delay in the evening, it was uh, it was still plenty of golf because it's light out here in the Northeast until uh, close to nine o'clock the, uh, during these June days, which is fabulous. Well, the course is absolutely beautiful. It's uh, there's a reason it's just one of the most famous courses in the world. The rough is like I've never seen before. I don't even know how they're going to hit out of it, but it's sort of going to make for an exciting tournament, to put it mildly, and a spectacular Sunday, no doubt about that. Uh, Marion is located in just a gorgeous section of Philly no, known as the, uh, the Mainline area. Specifically, it's in the town of Ardmore, which is uh, surrounded by some of the world's most well-known Colleges, St. Joseph's, I drove by, Villanova, uh, Bryn Mawr, Rosemont, they're all in the neighborhood, and uh, again, it's just absolutely gorgeous, immediately surrounding the golf course are uh, just beautiful, beautiful homes, and when I actually took the shuttle from the media parking lot over to the course, They're actually using a private home where they literally go into a driveway and uh, and drop you off sort of on the other side of the property. It's it's an absolutely gorgeous property. It's a big one, and you just walk right across the street and you're there. You're you're at Marion Golf Course. The roads are really really thin right around the golf course. Uh, Reminds me a lot of uh, Brookline and Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts, site of course of the fabled country club and uh where the 99 Ryder cup was held and i believe the u.s open in 1988 if i'm not mistaken so it is going to be a 
special, special weekend down here. Um, again, the course is really tight, and by that I mean it's small. I'm sure you've been reading and hear, hearing about it, you golf fans out there, and it is, uh, uh, the crowds are just going to be right on top of each other, no question, right on top of the golfers. There's just not a whole lot of room. This course is over 100 years old. There's not a lot of room between uh, holes and tees and greens and uh, what little room there is uh, will be filled by spectators. Uh, It's just going to add to the whole scene. I'm by no means speaking in negative terms about Marion. It's just going to make it uh, awesome, no doubt about it. The last five holes are just like clustered almost in an amphitheater kind of setting. So uh, it's going to be loud, and it's going to be special, I'm sure. And speaking of loud, the crowd, we're in Philadelphia, need I say more. They're rowdy, they're into it, electricity in the air and throughout the city, and uh, sure to be a very special weekend. Well, my low light of the week was uh, before I left New England, there was uh, Patriots made a a move you might have heard of. They signed Tim Tebow. And what surprises me is just some of the negative reaction up in uh, the Boston area and somewhat nationwide to the Tebow signing. Bottom line, it's a marriage made in heaven with Bill Belichick. Uh, Let's not forget he is the guy who brought in Doug Flutie. And while there, Flutie had a drop kick in, I think, the final game of the season six, eight years ago. First time it had been done in the NFL in like 40, 50 years. So Belichick loves, quote, football players and people who, where football is the most important thing in their life, so to speak. And Tebow certainly fits that mold. Obviously, uh, his offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels, is the guy who drafted Tebow in the first round a few years back. So it was not a surprise. I always thought it would just be a perfect fit. I'm a Tebow guy. And uh, so I think it's just going to be great. Yeah, it's Tebow mania in New England. Now they're, they're going to be uh, keeping it suppressed better than any team, maybe in all of sports, as far as uh, managing the media, shall we say. And speaking of Tebow mania, you know, you could tell he was not just another signing, despite the fact he may be a third string quarterback at this point, uh, because within an an hour before Belichick spoke, in other words, he was signed the night before, Monday or Tuesday evening, Monday night, I think, and then that's when the rumors come out, and then the news release come out from the Patriots uh, in the morning, and within an hour or so, Tebow jerseys, without a number, he hadn't been assigned a number yet, were on sale, I got an email as a season ticket holder, uh, and it was an hour before the Belichick press conference announcing Tebow, and press conference, classic Belichick, shall we say if you saw it. Uh, My bizarre story of the week is the Chad Johnson getting sentenced to 30 days in jail for patting his male attorney on the backside. Uh, Seemed a bit harsh. I mean, you talk about a no-nonsense judge. It was just uh, incredible to watch, and she just uh, tossed him in the slammer, as they say plea bargain off the table. He was going to be doing community service or whatever and literally sent him right to jail. I know he's appealed it, so we'll see how that all develops. 
Well, there's other big news, obviously, in the world of sports, uh, and specifically in Boston with the Bruins in the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, the game the other night, the triple overtime game, a classic, uh, fifth longest game ever, I believe. It was the most watched Stanley Cup Finals game since 1997. That's 16 years. That's terrific. Uh, in Boston, uh, you know, the numbers are off the charts, obviously. So I stopped in Bruins practice uh, before they left for Chicago earlier in the week and uh, picked up some audio. So first off, let's hear about Andrew Ference and keeping the team together. Let's not forget they were down three goals with about 11 minutes to go against Toronto Maple Leafs in Game 7. At that point, a lot of people, including myself, the players, everyone was thinking uh, we might have seen the end of this Bruins team who two years ago won the Stanley Cup as we know it. So here's Andrew Ference. It's, it's hard, I mean, to, to keep teams together. I mean, you, you just ask Peter, obviously, about, you know, especially the salary cap world, and, and when teams start having success, it's it's extremely difficult to, to keep a group of guys together. Um, uh, you know, it's just. I think it's nice uh, as a group that we've known that we've we've gone through some uh, through some struggles in some of the playoff uh, years, um, and, and for um, you know the coach and GM and obviously the the, ma- the management to have um, confidence in us was, was 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 big. But that was before this year. Even you know, I think that everybody has a has a pretty good understanding of, of what everybody can bring, and and, and uh, it's nice when everybody just does it. And, uh, and that was uh, Bruins defenseman Andrew Ference. And now we have uh, Adam McQuaid, who scored the only and game-winning goal in the one nothing victory over the Pittsburgh Penguins in the sweep in Game 4. So here's Adam McQuaid on uh, keeping them together. Yeah, we're pretty lucky to have uh, been together for a few years now with a lot of the same guys and uh, built some pretty strong friendships and um, you know we all like I can speak for everyone and say that we, we love playing here, we love playing for one another and um, you know, hopefully we can kind of just keep things rolling here and Brad Marchand the little ball of hate as he is known uh, an agitator extraordinaire uh, and also having a very good postseason also talked about how good it is to uh still be here uh you know you, you go over in your head and, and you know you realize where you are but i don't think everything really quick kicks in until uh, you know you're, you're in the summer and you realize uh, you know how much you accomplished and, and i think uh it never really fully kicked in until last year when we lost in the first round and, and uh, you realize how difficult it is to actually get here so i mean um, it definitely kicks a little bit but the, the full sense of it uh, was until later on and now defenseman Dennis Seidenberg talking about the Blackhawks, who won game one and game two tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern time in Chicago. Uh, both teams that much. We, we, we're talking about uh, Chicago right now, the way they play. And they just play a high-speed game. They, they got their um, defense involved, involved quite a bit in their rushes. Uh, so we really have to keep our heads uh, on the swivel. Uh, swivel um, keep checking behind us, behind our backs, so they don't j- uh, jump by our boards. And it'll be uh, tough, tough to shut them down. And speaking of playing in the United Center... The Madhouse on Madison, as it's known, uh, huge arena, seats 22,000, and you saw them in uh, 
full throat in the triple OVT the other night. Uh, here is Sean Thornton talking about uh, playing in the United Center. This place is huge. It's 21,000 or something stupid like that. And, uh, it gets loud in there. It's a, it's a pretty special building to, to play in, even during the regular season. This will be an all-new experience for, for all of us. But uh, just like going into Montreal, just like going into any other big building, I mean, you can... Uh, you can feed off it too. I mean, it's uh, it's definitely their crowd, but uh, there's an energy in there that uh, should, you know, get you excited either way. Are you pumped for the national anthems? Can't wait. It's pretty loud. Can't wait. And Sean Thornton is uh, just full of personality. <clears throat> Truly a great guy, and of course the Bruins enforcer. And here's Coach Claude Julian talking about uh, the connection between David Krejci, uh, again one of the NFL's. Leading postseason, and HL, excuse me, leading postseason scorers, uh, having a great postseason, obviously, and Yarmir Yager, the legend. They're both from Czechoslovakia, so here's uh, Coach Claude talking about Krejci and Yager. And one of the more interesting things uh, that happened at after the Bruins practice in the locker room was Sean Thornton talking about how winning the two Stanley Cups that he's won, one with Anaheim, one with the Bruins two years ago, were the two most important days of his life, which, of course, prompted people to ask about uh, his wedding day. And, again, great personality. He's very funny. Uh, said his wife understands that the Cups are the two most important days. But here was... Claude Julian immediately following those uh, quotes talking uh, about uh, Sean Thornton. I'm thinking he's a, he's a brave man to say that. The way he says the Stanley Cup is better than our winning day. Uh, we'll have to see after the finals whether he's still married or not. <laughs> so, no, it is, it's great. I mean, we all dream about that stuff and the, the be married people So that was Coach Claude Julian, really showing a nice sense of humor. It was as, uh, you know, 
effervescent as I've ever seen him. And I've been around the team for a few years, and uh, it was just great to see him uh, talking like that, having some fun, and it was just wonderful. So now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports football and so much more is the focus of planet gridiron with damian anderson join the former arizona cardinals running back for a show that mixes well a little bit of everything damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and we'll talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field the goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and, of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about, either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go? You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. A.P., how you doing today? Oh, doing great, John. How are you? Down at the golf tournament. I am indeed. I'm in uh, Philadelphia, and the city is electric. The country club itself, Marion, is electric. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, off to a bit of a rocky start with the weather yesterday. I've had more pleasant drives down from Boston to Philly, (laughs) but uh, I've had worse ones too. So somewhere in the middle, a lot of rain here and there, but... All in all, it was nice by the time I got here, and then there was a rain delay, but they picked it back up, so it was uh, 
golfing at twilight last night. It was kind of cool at 8, 8.30 at night. I loved it. Yes, it, it was a difficult weather-wise, but they'll just, you know, persevere and probably get this thing maybe done on Monday, John, you think, or Tuesday? or. Well, it's sunny here now. That's yeah. the most important thing, and it looks like, you know, from here on in, slim chance of rain, but nothing difficult here. So today, uh, tomorrow looks beautiful. So they should get all caught up from, you know, rounds two and whatnot, if there's any left over first thing in the morning tomorrow. Bottom line, they should be back on track by midday tomorrow. Uh, so, yeah, I think things will be on schedule for, you know, the fourth round to be the only round needing to be played on Sunday. And, uh, and you know, obviously still could be Monday golf because the way the U.S. Open works, of course, is uh, there's an 18-hole playoff. It's not like they go to extra holes if they're tied on Sunday. If they're tied, 18 holes the next day, which would be Monday, obviously. So Monday is definitely in the mix, but we won't know that till Sunday at, uh, at dark. Yeah, I'm glad that people will probably get a chance to see it on the weekend if it finishes up with a winner. Exactly, exactly. Well, one of the good things is, uh, you know, they started at 7 a.m. this morning with the leftover holes from the first round. Uh, so even though yesterday was a problem, today, tomorrow, especially today, is just nonstop golf. I mean, there's people, Ricky Fowler, I believe, is teeing off at 4.30 this afternoon, which is kind of amazing. Really, yeah, you know, kind of squeeze for, everything for we, in. Yeah, for we Northeasterners, you know, Again, these are the longest, the most daylight weeks of the year right here in June, obviously, and uh, they're maximizing it. So it's it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, but again, today, wall-to-wall golf. I mean, everybody's golfing. Uh, many more than 18 holes today, shall we say. Oh, yeah. It'd be interesting to see who adapts to the weather conditions and <laughs> the, the nature of pushing things, you know, so, so such a tight schedule. Absolutely. Uh and the course is beautiful. The rough is like nothing I've ever seen before. I mean, th- these are weeds like you see when you're walking <laughs> onto a beach at Cape Cod. <laughs> yeah. Like knee, knee high. I'm not kidding when I say that. And balls it's are being hit in there. Yeah, oh yeah. Th- that's the high stuff. I mean, the regular rough, shall we say. That's sort of the outside rough. The regular rough is, again, uh, if your ball goes in, just what is, quote, normal rough at a U.S. Open, this one in particular, you're not seeing the ball. It's not like it's sitting there visible. It's it's right, yeah, under you, it's it's under grass. Yeah, you need a caddy and a, and a guide. Exactly, exactly. So you you're more than really off the fringe of the green. You're in the rough, and the rough is rough. No other way to say it. Uh, but speaking of golf, AP, uh, you and I are again covering another golf tournament next week: the Travelers Championship up in Hartford. And uh, we had a great time doing it last year, and some more big names coming up from Philadelphia for this year. It should be terrific. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. They have some past winners who will be there, you know, Stuart Sink and the recent St. Jude winner, Harris English, and, you know, Ricky Fowler and, uh, you know, Freddie Jacobson. So I'm looking forward to the event. It's always a good time. I'm, I'm, I'm always wishing for good weather, especially on Wednesdays for the Pro-Am, because if there is any... Uh, you know, weather factor. They cancel things usually in the afternoon, let's say. I remember that happened one year. So I like to, for the fans to be able to see the Pro-Am on that Wednesday. It's a lot of fun. It's a little bit more loose, and the players enjoy it. 
meeting the fans, and, and there's some good interaction. Oh, yeah, and you and I were there that day last year. Big names last year, big names this year. Some returnees are Chris Berman was there last year, obviously right down the road from Bristol, ESPN. Uh, he'll be there again. Doug Flutie, I believe, was there last year. I think he's scheduled to come back. Um, yes. George Lopez, I love that one. I think that's pretty cool. Um, so some big names. Oh, yeah, it would be good to have a lot of the Connecticut coaches from the basketball team and the women's basketball, the men's basketball. Gino Ariema. Gino Ariema will be there. The athletic director, Ward Manuel. Uh, Andre Tippett scheduled to be there, former uh, Patriot great NFL Hall of Famer. Yep. So you get to talk to some talk about some football, some golf, some basketball while you're enjoying the the, the weather. Hopefully in in Cromwell, Connecticut. Yeah. Well, last year it was uh, you know on the 18th green at the end of the pro am that was some pretty special stuff. I mean, just everywhere you looked, there was a celebrity you could talk to. And uh, of course, what I remember last year was intense heat, like pushing 100 degrees, if I remember correctly, and at least. A couple of the days, certainly one of the days I was there. I believe the Pro-Am day was around 100 or maybe the Monday of that week. But whatever, it was hot. I'll never forget that. Oh, yeah. You needed your water bottle strapped to your ankle if you were on that course walking around. There's no question you had to have a hat to protect yourself as well and that heavy-duty sunscreen. And you might even had a, a an umbrella, one of those travelers, those bright red traveler really? umbrellas. Uh, there you go. For the sun, not the rain. Right. <laughs> there was there there was no rain at least on the days I was there and uh well so that's going to be fun I mean for me uh back to back golf tournaments not something I get to do too often but uh here I am living the dream now and I must say that the USGA United States Golf Association is just doing a spectacular job here. It's the first major I've covered and the media center and everything that surrounds it by that, I mean interview rooms, TVs in the media center that are like, you know, the size of the TVs at Gillette Stadium, it seems. I mean, <laughs> massive, two of them side by side, and then just row after row after row of media from around the world. I mean, that's the cool thing here. Maybe the United States Open, but the one thing I really love about golf, it's so international. It's, you know, literally just one step this side of soccer for the international flavor, obviously, because there's players from all over the world. Therefore, there's media from all over the world. So when I when I walked in the media center last evening, it was a moment. It was like I stepped inside and was just like really impressed, dazzled, you might say. Uh, massive, massive. And again, just media from across the world. It was really, really, it was Super Bowl-like. I guess that's the best way I could describe it. And that's that's saying something. No, it's great to have a sport where people all over the world are interested and and the folks are so accommodating and you always feel that they have your best interest at heart. If some requests you make, they do their very best. They try to be very attentive. So it's a great event. I found at golf, I really have enjoyed my time being at different tournaments. Yeah, well, I've had the pleasure of covering uh, four or five tournaments now, a couple of Deutsche Banks, Travelers, but, you know, this is, again, my first major, and, boy, it's the big time. I mean, I'm so impressed with the USGA and, uh, you know, 
getting nonstop emails, like literally almost by the minute with quotes and updates, especially with weather, security, things like that. Uh, they have just literally a small army managing it. And, you know, that's just in the media center. I mean, you know, out on the course, the volunteers and everything. I mean, uh, you know, it's one of those you're not in Kansas anymore moments. <laughs> it really are. It, it really is like, wow. Uh, very, very impressive. And uh, so, yeah, I feel very lucky to be here, to put it mildly. And uh, most importantly, the sun has just burst through here within the past hour in Philadelphia. So uh, it's going to be fun, to say the least. Uh, now, again, I talked about all the other stuff going on. I mean, we obviously have the NHL playoffs that I covered, but we also obviously have the NBA finals and uh last night no surprise the heat stepped up they had to they were down 2-1 they could not go down 3-1 with giving the spurs a chance to close it out on sunday night neither team has lost two in a row during this playoffs and the heat never lose two in a row period so they did in a way what's expected although you know as usual there was a lot of uh, trepidation heading into this game and you know the What's wrong with the heat? Outcry again. Yeah, LeBron James, uh, three games in a row, scored less than 20 points. But, but John, maybe you had this feeling. I certainly did. I thought he would come to play, you know, for his life last night, and he sure performed. I mean, if you looked in the basketball dictionary, last night was an accurate depiction of the term the big three. Yes. Yeah, vintage Dwayne Wade. Like, I, I didn't know if that guy... It still was was still around, and he showed up last night, the 2006 Dwayne Wade, and it was uh, pretty special, to say the least. Yeah, it was quite a performance. I mean, there was no hesitation in their jump shots, in their getting to the basket with authority and finishing, and Chris Bosh was at his best. I've seen him this whole series, and maybe in, in the playoffs, uh, when you able to shoot collectively I think around 57 percent those three they scored 85 points 32 by Wade 33 by James and 20 by Bosch it's very difficult to defeat a team when you have those three uh, shooting a high percentage causing so much uh, aggravation in the lane for the for the opponent it's a magnificent performance it really was and you know back and forth we go because you know game before that game three the Spurs broke the all-time NBA finals record with 15 three-pointers a lot of them from uh they're not the big three of the Spurs uh you know some bench players stepped up and were just on fire and that that was a pretty pretty special performance to say the least so uh I think both teams are going to show up I think the Spurs have to win now the Heat had to win last night the Spurs absolutely have to win Sunday because they cannot go back to Miami needing to win both. And I think they will win Sunday. I really do. They, they, the Heat are, you know, I think we have a, have a pattern going with them over the course of, you know, really their two years, three years together where uh, they win the games they have to win. And when they don't have to win, which they really don't Sunday because they know they're going to Miami for two, game six and seven. Uh, that combined with the Spurs having to win. Uh, I like the Spurs on Sunday. Yeah, I think so, John. I like the Spurs on Sunday. 
Uh, I don't know if they're going to hit those shots like they did the other night. Some of them, I think, were from the river walk they went in. <laughs> there you go. Indeed they were. And as someone who spends 10 days in San Antonio every year for the uh, U.S. Army All-American Bowl, uh, they were from the river walk. You're right about that. That was incredible to watch. And, and uh, uh, I, I think on Sunday, you, you, uh, Tim Duncan, he needs to pick it up some. And, of course, Tony Parker, he was tremendous in that first half last night, John. 15 points and, uh, you know, numerous assists. But he was shut out in the second half. And But it was still close up until the third quarter. And of the third quarter, they still had a chance. But Miami just kept the, the heat on, quote, unquote. And those big three performed uh, with with such fervor that they, they were they were not going to lose. They were determined to win that game, and they were just hot as a pistol last night. Well, they really were, and you know, big three versus versus big three. I mean, you know, Duncan and Parker and Ginobili. Even though uh, he's obviously not having a very good series, he's no. been spotty at best. To be kind in the postseason. Uh, you know, if Dwayne Wade can show up last night the way he did, certainly Manu Ginobili can show up uh, on Sunday night. And let's not forget, you know, he had those, uh, I think it was a huge three to beat Golden State in a huge playoff game, uh, that comeback game, yeah, which seems like a lifetime ago. Yeah. But it's not like he's had a horrible postseason because, you know, he's had his moments. But let's face it, he's not the Manu Ginobili we're used to seeing, but Wade was not. Wade we're used to seeing until last night so uh, don't count him out he could be the X factor on Sunday no, no don't count him out at all I think last night John and what I noticed right off the bat was San, uh, San Antonio was kind of lackadaisical guarding in transition I mean uh, LeBron's maybe a free throw line before they started to guard him and he was coming down the lane that's too way too late he, he, he has too much power and strength and speed to to stop him if you're trying to pick him up at the free throw line, you gotta you gotta shadow him as soon as he's going over half court, and you, you can never lose sight of him. And a few times last night, Wade be making a drive, and they just lost sight of LeBron. He dished it to him for a power layup, and I saw that that uh, picture too many times for San Antonio to win the game. So I, I think it was uh, you know a lot of lapses on their part, and uh, offensively, the, the San Antonio made some unforced errors with their passes. And right. It was off to the races with Miami, and they're very good. So, you know, those are things you can't afford to happen if you expect to win the game against, you know, Miami. Yeah, Miami in transition is unbeatable. They just are. And there's no more fearsome sight in all of sports, I believe, than LeBron James coming down the lane with a head of steam, uh, period. <laughs> I mean, that's just uh, as intimidating it as a guest in the world of sports, in my mind. Oh, oh yeah, it's, it's uh, there's nobody like him. I don't think as a offensive player with that power and speed. I, I think I've ever seen. You know, he's built like a Magic Johnson type, but he's much better offensively, and he'd scare the daylights out of anybody during that lane by themselves. There's no way you can guard him. Nope, six foot eight, two eighty. Need we say more? If he wasn't doing what he's doing with the Heat. He'd probably be an NFL tight end because he was a, a all-stater in the state of Ohio, which means something uh, in high school as a football player. So oh, it he, sure does. He, yeah, yeah. Football in Ohio—that's birthplace, and he'd be a great tight end in the NFL. Maybe even put him out at wide receiver. 
Correct. Well, he uh, he had quite a career in high school as a football player, to put it mildly. So, uh, well, again, Sunday night, that should be great theater yet again. I mean, what a great, great, you know, back-to-back that'll be. The U.S. Open will be ending as the Spurs heat come on to begin, uh, you know, at, at around 9 o'clock on Sunday night. So that's just going to be yet another fun day. And uh, it makes me kind of sad because the NBA and NHL finals are uh, – you know, will signal the end of both seasons. And again, it's been a great, you know, month or so watching both leagues. You know, there's just something on every night. It's great. Like tonight there isn't. It's like weird. It's just weird when there's not a game on. Oh Yeah, I'm sure there'll be some withdrawals after it's all over. No doubt about it. Uh, Well, AP, uh, with that said, we'll take our break and we'll talk a little football on the other side. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports every wednesday you'll want to talk sports with touchdown tony collins and his co-host bill mattis tony's broken records and has been to the pro bowl and the super bowl we'll talk about what's happening in sports every week with news action and notable guests from all aspects of the sports world We'll also involve you by discussing questions and topics of interest sent in via email from listeners all over the world. Become what you believe. Tune into Sports Talk with Touchdown Tony Collins, Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, that's presented to you by Outdoor Channel. On this week's program, we'll have Gary Hamby from Deer Dirt and outdoor writer Scott Bestial, and he'll tell us how to use chainsaws for deer management. Hey, we also have another outdoor writer, David Hart and Brent Eaton with Polaris. I love Polaris. When we talk about food plots and deer management. And as always, it's brought to you by Outdoor Channel and Ram Trucks. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners. Welcome back to the final segment of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Still on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of BAM Magazine. And A.P., uh, Patriots signed Tim Tebow this week. Uh, 
dying to hear what your thoughts are on that one since uh, he's a, a college football legend and you are, of course, are a college football legend yourself of sorts covering the game. Oh, yeah, John. I, I think it was a natural for Belichick, and there's a few prime reasons he, he made that decision, I think. One was his friendship with Urban Meyer. I, I think they they maybe talked, you know, I don't know if it was a couple of days before he signed, but recently, and he might have told him if you just sign him and see if you can just keep him on your roster, maybe through the, the, uh, the, the preseason and you know, there's an opportunity maybe to trade him or something. People think that he has value. So I think it was like a personal favor, although Belichick, I don't think, would ever admit it. And then the other reason is he likes to sign those former New York Jets because yeah, he'll interrogate them from information. And I think that's something he, he uh, you know, likes to do with, you know, every former Jet that's cut. It has some ability. So I think those are some prime reasons he might have signed Tebow and, and uh, it's at really at virtually no cost because he signed for the league minimum. And if he doesn't make the roster, they don't have to pay him. So besides showing up for training camp, those kind of incidental uh, numbers. So I, And then another thing about Belichick, you know, he has that mad scientist quality. So he, yep. can, he can put somebody in a position no other coach would even dream of attempting. Uh, you know, Belichick has that security. So he can risk these type of ventures because there's no adverse reaction or consequence when you're the king of the hill like he is in the coaching profession. And then he's like able fourth to and, like fourth and media two. frenzy better than anyone. Exactly. It was all oh, excellent points, every one of them, a couple that I didn't mention when I touched on this at the beginning of the show. But, you know, you mentioned Belichick, yeah, uh, like fourth and two in Indianapolis a few years <laughs> ago. Like no other coach can do that because – he doesn't have to worry about keeping his job, period. And he doesn't care about the media outcry. He just does not care. He doesn't have that gene, I like to say. No, no. so it's a perfect for, for him. And, and you know, maybe something good will happen with it. I'm, I'm sure he has an idea, although he w- won't divulge that to the media or anyone that will get out probably but until, until game day. So he's always trying to think of some way to make the other team have to review their defensive plans or offensive plans. And so there's always a method to its madness. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I just think it was, you know, a great move. And, uh, you know, it was interesting. I mean, you might talk about managing the media frenzy. I don't know if you saw his press conference, classic, right out of Spygate era with, <laughs> yeah. uh, the other day. I mean, after he I think he – after a few questions, he said, somebody asked a similar question. He just said, you know, I think I've already answered that twice. And it was just, I love it. I've been sitting, I wasn't there, but I've sat in his press conferences where everybody is just on edge, uncomfortable, shifting around in their seats, myself included. And it's great theater. It, to sit in that room with him when he is in that, I call it Spygate mode. Maybe now I can make uh, move it, you know, you know, freshen up a little bit. We'll call it Tebow mode. Um, but all that said, just so we're, I, I found it pretty interesting, you know, as a season ticket holder, of course, I get the word from a friend in Florida, of all places, texts me and just says, you know, Tebow to the Patriots. First I heard of it late Monday afternoon. Yeah. yeah. So looking around, blah, blah, blah. You know, we 
Patriots finally announced it by that time. It's just common knowledge, and everybody's reporting it. But anyway, they put out a news release Tuesday morning, and Belichick's press conference, I believe, was at 10.45. At 9.45 a.m., I get an email from the Patriots as a season ticket holder offering Tebow jerseys for sale at the pro shop <laughs> without it, without a number. Yeah. So, you know, I appreciate, you know, and Belichick's managing of the media, which is he does better than anybody in sports, literally. In the same light, he's not just another signing by any means. I mean, you know, no, uh, other signings don't get, you know, I don't get emails offering their jersey without a number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Serious. You get it when somebody's claiming from waivers from, from some other team, I'm sure. Exactly. So even the Patriots, you know, as good as they are, and they're one of the best in professional sports at sort of, you know, handling this type of stuff, even they, you know, couldn't help themselves and, had, and put out the, uh, you know, the jersey for sale. I, I just found, again, one hour before Belichick had his press conference announcing Tebow, and about a half an hour to an hour after the press release came out, from the Patriots announcing the signing. So they had a little window of an hour and a half, two hours there, and they made use of it. So good for them. Oh, yeah, they monetized the situation. So, yeah, hats off to them. And and I think Belichick, I mean, Tebow fits that mold. He's always talking about smart, tough football players. So uh, whether he gets to play quarterback remains to be seen, but... Uh, the way the contract was written, I guess he, he'll probably have to play another position to reach those incentives, the way it's written. So yes, it should, well. Should be, should, should be interesting. Uh, like I heard one person say, are they going to take the bat out of Babe Ruth's hands, meaning, you know, are they going to replace Tom Brady, the best quarterback or one of the best in the league, by putting Tebow in? I don't think so. No, of course not. That's the, one of the reasons he came here. There's zero, zero quarterback controversy i mean you know the staunchest university of florida fan who like many out there proclaimed tebow the greatest college football player ever and certainly an argument can be made even that person whoever he is down in gainesville you know even (laughs) they even they would not say that he should replace tom brady so in that regard perfect perfect place for him to land you know because there is no quarterback controversy and you know, there's only a handful of places where that would be the case. You know, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. Um, well, that's about it, really. Well, yeah, I mean, get well, the Peyton Manning, of course. Peyton Manning situation right in Denver, in which yeah. he had the exodus as soon as Peyton came to town. Exactly. So there, in my mind, you know, there was only a few places that he could land because of that. Nobody else would take the baggage as, a, as these NFL Personnel people like to say regarding Tebow, but uh, I think it's great. Bottom line, Tim Tebow belongs in the NFL, or at least he at least deserved another shot. And he's going to get that with the Patriots. He will get a fair shot to contribute to that football team. And I think that's all he or anyone else can ask for. You know, the, the, the Tebow army of supporters, again, of which I'm one, uh, we, we'll see. But, you know, I'm just glad he's back because he really – you know, didn't deserve his fate down there in New York. That was just ridiculously yeah, that was handled. Clum- yeah, clumsily handled, John, from the first day. And 
they, yes. nev- they, uh, they never recovered. Exactly. Exactly. And I did, by the way, like the Patriots, you know, and by no means was I being critical of the Patriots as far as the Jersey thing. I thought it was terrific. I was glad to see it. But I loved how they brought Tebow over to the media because I've been to media, many of those media throngs. I was not there again for Tebow. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was there the day Randy Moss came to town. I'll never forget it. But, you know, no questions. And I just thought, perfect. They come over, spoke for a minute or two, you know, thanked everyone that needed thanked for bringing them into New England. And, uh, and that was that. And I just thought that was a really smart way to handle his arrival in New England. Like, it, you know, he needed to say a little something, but not too much, and certainly no Q&A. Right. They've hosted a circus or, or two before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was there also for Albert Hainsworth. That was interesting. I mean, you know, sometimes we forget about all the players that come in and out of the Patriots camp, and there's been some big, big names. And, again, media circuses, a few of which I've been a part of, and they're, they're really – there's something to see, i got to tell you. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of elbowing and very aggressive media. And it, it, it's – you've been there. You know it's quite a scene if you're in the middle of it. Yeah, you have to have your your best footwork and and uh, boxing out skills and and uh, all your elusive moves to make it to the front. So yeah, it tests all your skills. Absolutely, yeah. Raising, you know, squeezing that microphone through arms and fingers and bodies and you know elbows sharpened. Uh, yeah, it's again, it's tough to explain, but it's really uh, pretty interesting to be there. Well, you know, speaking of. Tebow's arrival. There was, I thought it was kind of interesting that Notre Dame coach Brian Kelly was there. I believe coincidentally, I'm sure of it almost. Um, but yeah, I saw him in the background of one of the shots from Tuesday when Tebow arrived, and uh, you know, read confirmation later. And Belichick loves to do this. He loves to bring in uh, Bon Jovi or whomever. Uh, you know, he brings in these. Coaches, many often, uh, more often than not, from colleges and whatnot, to observe his practices. I, I think it's pretty cool. But again, I, I did sort of a double take, you know, uh, as I'm watching Tebow Mania, and I look in the background and I said, "Hey, that's Brian Kelly." <laughs> yeah, and it was. You know, you know, he's a local guy, John, from up there. Good point. In Good point. Massachusetts. So it, it's kind of coming back to his, his uh, you know, hometown, near his hometown there, and. And, of course, all those coaches, they like to learn from each other and pick each other's brains. So it's really a natural, and especially uh, Belichick being a defensive genius, I'm sure he wanted to ask him about some things. Exactly. And Belichick loves hosting these people, to say the least. Uh, Yeah, yeah. you know, John, it gives Belichick a little flair. It does. It does. You, You know, I don't think I need to say this. The Belichick we see at press conferences and whatnot, or even on the field, is not necessarily the whole Belichick. You know, he has, you know, he's pretty funny, has a great personality, so I'm told. And, you know, I think this type of thing lends itself to, you know, getting little peeks into that personality. Obviously a football historian extraordinaire, to say the least. Oh yes, yeah. He loves he loves to bring up historical things. Uh, I mean, he knows all about him, and he followed the game with his dad. You know, he's been at the Naval Academy, and as you mentioned last week. So, yeah, Belichick, he knows what's going on. He may not reveal everything, but I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to play him in a poker game and think I'm going to take all his money. 
Well, exactly. And uh, I believe that he and his dad donated to the library at Annapolis what is, was and still is, the largest collection of football books ever. Uh, I believe he donated them four or five years ago. You're probably aware of that. And, uh, yeah, it was the largest, again, largest amount of football books in history, apparently. Yeah, I think that's an incredible uh, donation. You know, some guys, they might have thrown those books out, but not Belichick. He held on to them and and had greater use for them down the road. Exactly. He, of course, grew up in Annapolis. And, uh, you know, speaking, by the way, switching subjects, but not totally, Former Patriots, yes, that's the other way. I, I was groping to another media frenzy I attended, and that was, of course, Chad Ochocinco Johnson when he came to the <laughs> Patriots. That was a crazy day. But anyway, as we all saw, I, we're down under two minutes, so I just want to get your quick thoughts on uh, the judge putting Ocho, Chad Johnson now, in jail for 30 days after he patted the backside of his male attorney. Uh, that was you know, pretty shocking to say the least. Oh, yeah, it sure was, John. You know, he was in court for violating probation on a, a no-contest plea for battery against his wife last year. And he was fortunate the prosecu- prosecutors agreed to the 25 hours of community service and counseling twice a week for two, three months. But uh, he's in court. He's, he's They've made that agreement. He's waiting for the sentencing. And uh, in the d- during the dialogue, he, he patted his attorney on the backside, which was really an acknowledgement of, you know, appreciation for what he did, you know, to getting the probation and community service. And the judge, who I think everyone's dismay, you know, she she did not show judicial temperament. Um, And out of character, she just revoked that agreement and sent him to jail for 30 days. So I think she was way out of line myself personally. you know, the third party it was, uh, was what reacted, the laughter in the courtroom, and the judge was embarrassed by the response. And I don't think there's anything that Chad Johnson did to uh, warrant the uh, plea bargain being revoked. I agree wholeheartedly. And, you know, if you look at that film, and it was the reaction, everybody laughing, but there's an actual court officer, bailiff, whatever, in uniform, just like roaring sort of standing behind, be sort of like in the front of the camera. You don't see him right off the bat. But after I saw it a couple of times, I noticed, uh, you know, everybody was laughing. And he had to be there, I guess. I, what I saw him do didn't seem that funny. I, I don't know, I guess right. it was. But you had to be there, I guess. Yeah, I, I just thought it was, oh, okay, he, he's, uh, you know, displaying some football affection. There you go, football affection. Uh, well, Let's end on that note, perfectly said. And AP, thank you again for joining us. And thank you again, Voice America listeners. And we'll do it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.